0: When I've been honest about how I'm feeling, it's amazing how much people around me are that honest about it. Like just the permission that that gives people, I think is really helpful. And all of a sudden you you find yourself in a situation where it's like, oh, I'm not alone. Welcome to the Full-Time Freedom Podcast. I'm Jesse, And I'm Mel. We're your friends and co-pilots on your path to living a fulfilled life on your terms.
1: We love designing our lives with freedom in mind and doing it full time, not just on weekends.
0: We'll take you on a journey of discovering what really matters to you and how to make it happen.
1: Our conversations cover business and life hacks, health and well-being, travel, mom life, and everything we're learning on our journey so that you can go further faster.
0: We're here to encourage, support, and inspire you to live your life bigger, better, bolder.
1: Hello and welcome back to the podcast. In today's episode, we're going to be discussing something that is extremely important, and very near and dear to our hearts, and that is managing our mental health. I'm your host, Melissa Hassong, and I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Jessie Linda Gallo, to help me talk about today what it means to take care of your mental health and share a little bit of what our journey has looked like caring for our own personal mental health. Hey, Jesse, how's it going? Good. Hey, Mel.
0: I'm so excited for another episode together. And like you said, this one is, uh, this one's an important one. I'm (laughs) sufficiently nervous. I will lay that on the table for everyone to open up about some of this, but um, hopefully this episode is really helpful to somebody out there. So I'm excited to do this.
1: I think this is going to be really healing and like maybe like a low-key therapy session for me. So (laughs) um, I'm excited but nervous to dive in. Um, But it's it's really important for everyone listening to remember that caring for yourself is super important and may even be one of the most important things you do in your life, throughout your life. And this is the case even if you have multiple – Priorities and ongoing things in your life. So, whether that's family, career, anything really, caring for your mental health can show up no matter what. Caring for your mental health matters. And life can bring you a range of emotions from joy, excitement, to absolute exhaustion and just hella stress. (laughs) Life is constantly changing and it's always really important to acknowledge that we live in like a very modern dynamic world where we have so many more demands on our time than maybe even 10, 15, 20 years ago. And this all requires really beautiful, compassionate, self-care, understanding, and support for yourself. And to just acknowledge that mental health is not only crucial for you personally, but It also is going to help you to achieve your dreams, your goals, your highest potential. But even more importantly, it's going to help you to take care of your community too. So when we take care of ourselves, we also give others permission to do that. And then we also uplift our communities because if we're stronger, then our families are stronger. Our workplaces are stronger. Our friend groups are stronger. So that is all really important to keep in mind as well. So taking care of your community, too, by taking care of yourself.
0: 100%. And I think just one thing we want to emphasize in this episode really is the importance of, of caring for yourself for the sake of caring for yourself. <laughs> because I think it is so important yes. that we, we do this for our goals, for our community, yeah. for our loved ones. Um, but recently had a friend call me out and say, you know, it's great that you you want to be your best self for your baby, mm. for your husband. What about for you? Um, so definitely mm. want to remind you that during this episode and as you're listening. The other thing I think that's really important for this episode um, is just kind of point of reference disclaimer here is that. Like Mel said, we are both in a postpartum phase of our life, so we're likely going to make references to that in this episode. It's just where we're at right now, but we really want to make sure everyone knows that this episode is really meant for anyone at any stage of life dealing with any mental health challenge, or just looking to improve their emotional well-being. So while we may make references to our specific stage, hopefully um, some of the examples we'll give or just some of the feelings will be relatable wherever you're at. And we've said this before, but really want to emphasize this again on a topic like mental health, but we are not experts. We are not mental health professionals. We are just two women figuring out as we go and really excited to share our journey with you.
1: Hey friends, real quick, we have one bonus for this episode for our Patreon subscribers. It is a debrief where me and Jesse talk about how it feels to basically bear our souls in this episode and share stories that we've never told anyone else before. You can catch that on our Patreon. It's at patreon.com/slash fulltimefreedom, where for as little as $10 a month, you can get access to a ton of extra content and coupons and community from us here at Fulltime Freedom. Okay, now back to the episode. Yeah, so I have a five-month-old and I just find myself going through these like mental health cycles. And mm-hmm. Jesse, we've talked about this offline quite a bit. It feels like a roller coaster and, you know, it'll even be like as tight as like a weekly cycle of like, I'll have like a really high, like, I'm great. I feel amazing. I can work. I can do business. I can do podcasts. I can do mom, family, whatever. And then like, ask me in two days and I'm like opposite. I'd be like, I'll take it all back. No, I can't do it. It's way too hard. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm in over my head. Yeah for me like i've definitely had that in other parts of my life and i i think back to when i was starting my business it was the same a cycle of like yes i've got it all like i've got my checklist under control and then you know two months later i'd i'd be like rock bottom i feel like with postpartum it just feels more heightened for me like it, it's more acute like it's i guess that cycle is tighter like it feels weekly of like yes i've got it no i don't yes i've got it no i don't it really feels like perfectionism coming up for me when I started riding motorcycles. When I started my business, I used to think I don't want to do anything that I'm not good at because Mm. I was such a perfectionist. Yeah. And then the reason for that was because I didn't want to be vulnerable and suck at something. (laughs) Um, But when you become a parent, you have no choice but to be vulnerable (laughs) and suck at something. It's a constant (laughs) process. So yeah, I think that perfectionism shows up a lot. And even in, you know, the first month when after Val was born, I, I felt like I freaking sucked Mm -hmm. and he cried all the time and I felt like nothing I did helped him. We later found out that he was tongue tied and that had some feeding issues and that's why he was upset all the time. But you want to believe that I internalized that hardcore Mm -hmm. and I blamed myself. And I thought like, if I can't feed my child, then what am I doing here? Mm -hmm. And like, I even thought at times, like he's better off without me. Mm -hmm. I never got to any concrete ideas about that, but I just thought like, if I can't be a good mum for him, if I can't provide in like a very basic sense, am I even qualified to be a mum? And I think those thoughts were probably at the darkest days. It just, I was putting so much pressure on myself. I would say things look different at five months than they did at one month for Val um, f- for me not for Val I mean but um, <laughs> for him too <laughs> yeah for, for him too like he's way bigger and like you know but yeah I think that's probably just a, a cycle of where I'm at at the moment cycles of mental health have shown up for me in other areas of my life even in my career but I think like being a parent being a mother like holds up a mirror to yourself where you just see that a lot more often and I think we're probably like way, way, way more critical than we would be at any other time. <laughs> so much of what you just said resonates for me. I think it's
0: so true. It's like I've found the same thing that this postpartum phase has brought up a lot of the same issues mm. for me. They're just, I'm gonna use the same word, they're really heightened and they're yeah. really close together. And they are on full display. <laughs> There's no, I think at other phases of life, I've been able to like control them a little better or hide them a little more, or they haven't been quite as intense. Um, but that's yeah, it's definitely been very similar for me. And I, I think it, when I think back, I've struggled similarly in other big transitions as well. But when my husband and I moved in together, it was a huge uprooting of life like just these big changes tend to kind of throw me in a similar way or like figuring out new routines on a smaller scale I've definitely struggled with in the past just like moving houses or moving jobs like just figuring out the day-to-day can be really hard Um and I've had some like struggled with some similar things as you were saying like Definitely have overworked mm-hmm. the heck out of myself in the past, and had a habit of like overworking until I get physically ill, <laughs> and that is usually like that was my wall. And Mel and I were in grad school together when I was at a particularly unhealthy point in my life for doing this, um, as I was working a full time job um, at a hotel chain. I was TA and going full-time to grad school. And so I was very present. Like I would just go, go, go until I would like bust out in a fever. <laughs> and my body would literally like say, okay, I'm going to throw you on your back now because you're not listening. Um, so that, that's been something I've struggled with in the past. And I think just something I've realized in this postpartum phase is I'm becoming a lot more willing to put up boundaries for myself and my family. And something I've reflected on is that the boundaries I'm working on are ones I've needed probably always. <laughs> They've
1: That's... always been
0: issue points. <laughs> yes. I just wasn't willing to do it for myself. And now yeah. I'm willing to do it for her. And I I wish that weren't the case. Like I wish mm. I could go back and say to myself, no, take care of you just mm. because but it is exciting to be at a point where i'm more willing to say like no i'm i'm not going to work myself to the bone or, or no this i actually don't have time for this excess thing i'm sorry you know pri- just prioritizing things better
1: i totally forgot that you worked full time through grad school at okay. the hotel it was so bad <laughs> i would not oh ever God. do that again i don't know what i was thinking <laughs> yeah that is A great kind of parallel because like as a mom, you know, full-time being a mom, like that's never not a thing. And then you add on either part-time work, full-time work, passions, hobbies, still seeing friends, you know, then like time gets really tight. And if you don't make Mm -hmm. taking care of yourself a priority, then it's not. And then we end up suffering. Something that I just want to talk about um, that I've been having a lot of is just like this internal conflict of... I want to be present, but like, I want to focus on business stuff and go all in on the podcast because I'm obsessed with the work that we do and I'm obsessed with our community here. And I'm just always like, can I do it? At what point do I switch off and do the other? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, within that, like I have so many, so much resistance to like going all in on being a mother. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I've started to lean into more this week. And just having that resistance show up for me, every time I feel it, I'll be like, fuck, I shouldn't be feeling this. Mm-hmm. Like, why am I feeling this? Literally the human race exists because of mothers having children. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is not a unique thing that I'm going through. Mm-hmm. You know, I always think of my Nana who had five kids like back in the 60s and I'm like, life was so different, but she did it. Mm-hmm. Like, why am I having such a hard time? every time I feel like that, I try to jump in and fix it. Mm -hmm. And I go like, okay, I just need to read another book. I just need, I'm just missing something. Let me just listen to another podcast. Like, okay, I just need to wake up earlier. I just need to, I just need to work out, like maybe just eat better and that'll make me feel better or meditate. But then when I do those things, here's like the crazy bit or like the most unbelievable, when I do those things, I'm doing them with the thought of like, I'm trying to fix myself. Like if I just meditate, then I'll feel better. And then when I don't, I'm like, why am I not feeling better? And like, (laughs) that's where the resistance comes from. And I don't know if that's like a lack of self-love. I'm just beating myself up. And I think I'm like, I'm trying to fix myself every time. And just like that idea of like, I need to be fixed. (laughs) Yeah. I haven't figured out yet, but that's something that I'm like, I'm always looking for something to fix me. It's so
0: interesting because I recently was talking to my own therapist um, about just some of the struggles I was going through. And I told her in a session like, oh, and then I, I went and bought some books on this. I yeah. went and bought some books on postpartum depression and managing relationships postpartum and da-da-da-da. Yeah. And she was like, of course you did. Yeah. <laughs> I, it kind of took me aback when she said that to me. And she was like, I... She was like, "I'm not surprised that you mm. did that, and that you're trying to like take this into your own hands and and solve yeah. the problem." What she was like, but I'm going to challenge you to just like sit with the emotion, like mm. don't don't read the book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it's so interesting because I think I'm sure there's a a personality style to to what yeah, we're saying yeah. right now. Because yeah. I I would be shocked to see my very type B husband take that approach. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I totally, I can totally relate to that, the way you just said, Mel. And it's like, it's come up for me too. I mean, in some of these other transitions, again, same thing. And even in our, in our business, like Mm. it's when I don't know how to do something, it's like, well, then I have to learn it. I have to figure it out. I have to, I have to do the YouTube videos and take the class and find a mentor and do this thing. When in reality, sometimes the answer is find someone else who can do it, like (laughs) then don't do it. Um, So I've taken that approach. In business, too. Do you think it's just like giving ourselves permission to feel it, like you were saying? I, I feel like that has to be part of it, right? Yeah. Like, there's also what comes up for me, too, is just like you said, the feeling of like something has to fix me. Mm. And I think to some extent, it's like we're all a little broken, mm. Mm. <laughs> like we're all a little messy. Mm. And I, I wonder how much, you know, we're never going to achieve perfect. I yeah. I had a a friend recently was telling me that um her daughter has been her daughter is fairly young um I want to say like seven maybe like young mm-hmm. <laughs> and has really struggled with some things and she was telling me they've eliminated the word perfect in their household mm-hmm. and she. And I had never thought about it. She was like, Think about how many times in a day you say, you know, even just making plans with someone else. Oh, perfect. That time's great. Yeah. Oh, yeah, perfect. We can do that. Yep. <laughs> and she was like, Now we're trying to tell her, like, there is no perfect. It's okay. Mm. You know, nothing is going to be perfect. You're not going to feel perfect. So I, I thought that was interesting because I use that word a lot and yeah. perfectionism is definitely a challenge for me. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I might heed that warning now. I'm like, mm. I'm starting to pull it out of my vocabulary a little bit. Cause I just thought that was interesting, the imprint that mm. was having with my
1: daughter we all have our stuff, like we all have our shit, right? Let's be real. And like, I feel like mental health is still stigmatized. Like even when we were just had the idea to talk about this episode was kind of like, yes, I want to, but Mm -hmm. I'm gonna feel uncomfortable. Yes, I want to, but where is the line on how much I share? Yeah, It is like helpful for others, but like still doesn't like, put all my dirty laundry on the table. (laughs) Yeah. or make someone else uncomfortable, right? Like, that's the other part. Is like
0: sometimes you, I find myself wondering, like, do people really want to know? Yeah, going yeah. like I don't know. Maybe, maybe they're dealing with their own thing, and that's just too much. I don't
1: know. Yeah, <laughs> or is this even going to resonate? Like, yeah. do, are we just—is it unique, and we're just like having a moment, or is everyone? <laughs> but I think the answer is everyone has it. To your point, yeah. um but just like getting, having, having a, an outlet to talk about it and even just be like, hey, this is how I feel right now. And mm-hmm. we have that through our mastermind every week, we kind of talk about these issues. So that has helped us. Um, but even then, like I, I think back to like a couple of months ago when I, I literally had like a hardcore mental break and I I had trouble verbalizing it to you all just yeah. to be like, dude, I lost it. I still haven't told you what happened. Cause like, it makes me feel weak and it makes me feel like I'm not in control or like I'm broken or something because I, I have those moments. What do we do about them? You know, do you think the answer is talking to others? Like, how do we, how do we find support in these moments?
0: I a hundred percent do. And I, like you started to hit on it right there. It's like, I was thinking back and getting ready for this episode of like, okay, where where have I found my sources of support in the past, and like, what does yeah. that look like? And friends is definitely one. Mm. I know, you know, in so to speak, to this postpartum phase for me, I really tried to keep it to myself mm. at first, and I'm going to tell you, it was a hundred times worse doing yeah. it that way. And I started to tell a few friends what was going on. I remember telling you, telling a couple of my other best friends, and it was all within a week that I finally did that and like cracked open, you know, (laughs) gave everyone a little insight into where I was at and just the weight that lifted, not because anyone solved the problem for me or told me what to do or fixed Mm. it. But just because I wasn't like living this secret life in my head. <laughs> yeah. And I wasn't like hiding from everyone, because that's hard. Like it's yeah. I, at least for me, that's exhausting. I'm not good at that. And so that helped so much. And I so I think just like being vulnerable with your friends. Mm -hmm. I'm not, you know, not saying everyone needs to be vulnerable with every coworker Mm -hmm. and every person on the street, but we all need a circle. Mm -hmm. Like we all need those people closest to us to open up to.
1: Yeah. It does feel like living a double life sometimes. Mm -hmm. And yeah, to relate it to postpartum, it's like, and you know, other, like I can think of situations in my career where I was like really struggling, but I didn't want people at work to know you internalize it and then you overthink it and you don't share it. So it's like you wear a mask and you're like to the outside world, you're like, Hey, this is my happy mask. I'm handling (laughs) like, yay me. Like, you know, doing a good job today. But like inside (laughs) you're like crying a river. um, And you just like, please, no one ask me how I'm doing or Mm -hmm. ask me how I'm doing because I want to tell someone but yeah. I don't want to initiate that sharing because it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, like I, there are some things that I still haven't told Zach about because, you know, some days you you like legitimately you do have it under control and then other days you super don't. Mm-hmm. But for no one in that situation, it's like, it's a different thing to conceptualize. I think mm-hmm. like, how can you be good today? But like really low tomorrow, do the partners understand? Does anyone not in that situation understand? And maybe they do. And I just, am not giving them enough credit. It just feels so up and down that like, are people going to empathize enough?
0: Being honest with what we're feeling is like such an important part of yeah. managing mental health though. And like you said this to me earlier today, cause I am preparing to go back to work and I'll, I'll share this with our audience. I, I was a little bit vulnerable and was honest with my boss and just said, you know, hey, this this doesn't change anything about, you know, my work expectations or my work, but I want you to know, like, this hasn't been easy for me. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm really anxious about coming back and I have dealt with some serious mental health issues postpartum. and. Mm-hmm. I just want you to know that's where I'm at. And if I seem a little off, like I don't want that to come out of left field. And I think, like you said, it it just gives people the ability to like have expectations. Then when something happens, they're not totally thrown off by it. Like I think Mm -hmm. it gives them the tools to be more supportive in Mm -hmm. some ways. I don't know. I think just like, you know, the other thing in my experience in the past, like when I've been honest about how I'm feeling, it's amazing how much people around me mm. are that honest about it. Like just the permission For that real. that gives people yeah. I think is really helpful. And all of a sudden you, you know, you find yourself in a situation where it's like, oh, I'm not alone. <laughs> oh, it mm. turns out, you know, this – and in work scenarios, I've seen the same thing happen where someone's feeling really put down by a specific coworker and you're honest about that and realize, oh, it's not just you, you know? like I think there's um, just power in that honesty. What other um, places have you
1: found support in the past, Mel? My partner, Zach, I think friends is the biggest thing for me. Mm-hmm. And like not even necessarily specifically addressing it even though that is very important and a big part like I'll give you an example yesterday like this week has been you know if you talk about roller coaster like this week for me has felt like I'm in the dip (laughs) I'm in the low (laughs) bit um -hmm. and then when I'm in those like this is a pattern for me is like I hide from the world it's like I don't want to go on social I don't want to talk to anyone I cancel Mm -hmm. social events if like I I have something planned like I won't go to it just be like oh you know can't make it um so I hide from the world and I and for me just knowing that that's how I function is like I've been like okay when I super don't want to go to something is when I need to go to it the most Mm -hmm. so I had a um a, a friend I caught up with a friend yesterday she's got a little boy as well around the same age as Val and I was like oh I don't really want to but something in me was like no you probably should like just go to it um, even if you feel like a piece of shit, just go to it. <laughs> and I felt so much better. And like, it ended up like her family was there. So I got to see more people than I was expecting. It was really beautiful and spent the whole day together. So I think just being community cannot be underestimated. No, totally. be with your people, because it makes you feel better. And I didn't I we, we really didn't even talk about that stuff. But I, I just felt like, thinking about other things, talking about other things, being in a change of scenery helped mm-hmm. me a ton. Um, just get that mental clarity that I think I, I was craving, but denying myself, like actively denying myself until I just gave in and was like, okay, okay. I'm going to do it. Then I went and did it. So I think being with my community has always helped big time. And even if that's virtually, that is absolutely fine. Just calling someone.
0: I had that, as you were saying, community. I hadn't thought about this beforehand, but like I had some past health diagnoses that were a little bit tricky to process and found Facebook groups specifically, you know, devoted to those, (laughs) those issues or those struggles. Um, so to your point about virtual, like that's an option. One resource I really want to bring up on this episode, and I feel so strongly about normalizing in <laughs> the world around me, um, is therapy. My therapist, I I reference her periodically on the show, just but I think about some of these struggles or challenges, or even just like day to day managing your own like emotions and habits. And that has been an invaluable resource to me. I uh, talk to my therapist every other week, and that has been phenomenal. I've been seeing her for three and a half years now. Um, someone was asking me about this recently because they were saying, you know, I really have been wanting to get a therapist, but I'm not really in that bad of a spot. And, I, you know, I just have some stuff going on. And I, I said to her that was exactly where I was when I started therapy for the, for the first time with her. I felt like that was the perfect place to start, actually. At the time, I didn't. At the time, I thought, oh, well, I don't really need that much help. There's people who need her time more than me. But in retrospect, having had that relationship with her when she'd hit the fan <laughs> was phenomenal. Like, she already knew my patterns. She had some insight into my life. She already got We'd gotten to know each other, and I felt more comfortable bringing things to her as they happened. And especially like in this current walk of life, like she was my number one resource has been in this postpartum phase. The other one for me, and this one's a little more vulnerable, but I'm going to do it. Here we go. The other one's medicine. And I really struggle with this and hopefully people will be kind because I know there's lots of feelings about medicine, especially like SSRIs and like mental health specific medicines. I think if that's what you need, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. And I that's something I have needed in the past few months and I'm back on medicine again and taking some different supplements and vitamins and just trying to make my body as healthy as possible. And I've struggled with it so much and something I started to realize was that it's funny how I don't judge an ounce for a single second. Anyone else that takes medicines. (laughs) But for some reason in my head, I shouldn't need them. I need to be stronger than that. I should be able to handle myself. Um, So it's been kind of a hard journey for me. And I think just realizing that my prescriber for those medicines said to me at one point, if you had a heart condition, you would take heart medicine. You would take your blood pressure medicine, whatever that looked Mm -hmm. like. And if you're struggling with something in your head, there's nothing wrong with taking a medicine. To help figure that out. So I don't know who needs to hear that. That's a really vulnerable thing for me to say (laughs) on on this podcast. Um, But it's a real one that that is a support that's out there.
1: I'm going to be vulnerable too. And I've been debating sharing this, but I'm just going to do it because like maybe someone needs to hear this as well. I haven't been prescribed medication um, for mental health stuff, but I've self-medicated with alcohol and pain pills. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to say I did it once in my life. It was a long time ago, but I was under so much pressure at work and I was new in my job, like the customer service head of this international fundraising project that I was not ready for. And I was on all the time. I had people demanding things 24-7 from me Mm -hmm. and I was not able to handle that amount of pressure So I started drinking every night and then Mm -hmm. I figured out that if I took pain pills, it felt better. Mm -hmm. So that was, if you talk about medication, that's like the other side and like, am I proud of that? No, I'm not. But that's how I handled it at the time. And I'm just presenting that as like a way of, there are better ways to deal with things. And I wish that I could have seen that at the time it's still a very real thing and like I wish I could say that I snapped out of it one day and I woke up and I found the strength to say no, but I think I wrote it out. Like I think the project ended up wrapping up and then I was like, cool, I don't feel bad anymore. I don't need these. That wasn't the case. Yeah, I mean that was the case. Like I just did it until I didn't anymore. But I still feel that's very real and I just want to acknowledge that because it is. we are talking about mental health and it isn't always like – we feel like we're in a place to talk to a friend or like we feel like we're ready to face it because I wasn't and I I wasn't in a place to get out of that at the time. So I don't know what the point of that story is other than just like sharing it to be like, I've been there too, but if you need Mm -hmm. help, it's available.
0: It's a hard thing to do, but like
1: finding a better alternative Mm -hmm.
0: is going to be... It's going to be huge. And something that was said to me is, you know, I I think we can't think about, you know, going to therapy or taking medicine or like taking these self-care steps as, you know, taking medicine or not. It's taking medicine or completely unmanaged. Yeah. Yeah mental health issues right like it's Mm. it's unmanaged depression it's unmanaged anxiety like Mm. the the alternative is not just not going to therapy or just not doing the thing it's not managing the problem
1: when we first started podcasting we were overwhelmed trying to figure out how to record and produce a podcast there were so many options and it was all greek to us finding zencast made everything so much easier it's now super easy to record a podcast with Zencaster. Log in using your browser and start recording a high quality podcast right away. Record studio quality sound and up to 4k video with your guests. Feel a sense of Zen knowing Zencaster's multi-layered backups ensure you always have your recordings in the highest quality, even if the connection is unstable. If you have thought about podcasting before and realize that you need a lot of different tools and services, those days are over. With Zencaster's all-in-one podcasting platform, you can create your own podcast all in one place and distribute to Spotify, Apple, and other major destinations. Go to Zencaster.com pricing and use our code imposter and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. I want you to have the same easy experiences we do for all of our podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. Let's talk about what has worked for us. Yeah.
0: Do you want to share, some, share a couple of those for you? Like what, what has been helpful in this postpartum phase and like even in some of these past mm. struggles that you're
1: talking about? trying to do things that make you feel good. Um, So like I, I ride Mm -hmm. motorcycles. I love riding. I've been doing it for about five years and um, I haven't had a huge opportunity to do this postpartum. Um, But the other day I was like, just go for a ride Mel, just go for a ride. I didn't Mm -hmm. really want to, but I was like, I knew it would make me feel better. So again, like how I was saying, I went to my friends yesterday. It was like, just do it, just do it. Yeah. Like, I didn't want to, but you know, I had a, I had two choices, stay home and be sad all day or go do something that was going to help my mental health. And that's what I yeah. did. And I came back in a better mood and I felt confident because I, in that hour and a half that I was on my bike, I was strong and I was capable and I was in control. And that helped me be like, I can be those things in other ways of my life (laughs) but it's not just when I'm like in the saddle of a motorcycle that can Mm -hmm. transition other ways um so that was a that was a big recent one just leaning into things that like make me feel good
0: yeah I love that one and I've seen you do that even like early on in your business when like as a self-employed person Mm -hmm. uh, one of the biggest challenges is is the open map, right? Like you could do anything at any time, any day. And something I saw you do early on was take moments where you were like, I, I can't today. (laughs) Like I'm, I need to give myself a break. And I, I think like keeping those hobbies, keeping things that are good for you Mm. is so important for doing that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, even if you're not self-employed, it's a little harder to do, you know, when someone's expecting you to report to an office, But like mental health days are a thing, right? Sometimes we just have to say like, I'm getting a massage today. Sorry. Mm Now (laughs) I got to, I got to take care of myself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, Mm -hmm. that's a good point. And I think, um, on that is like, just tuning out the world is another thing that helps me. So like, just take a social media blackout day or two (laughs) or three, (laughs) Um, and that helps me and not the social media. Like, I don't know that it's anything in particular about it, but I think it's just the constant flow of information that I'm getting that like makes my brain tick faster and my thoughts are going like other people, blah, blah, blah. What am I doing? And then that just seems to have a negative impact. If I'm not in a good space, if I look at my social media, when I'm already feeling really vulnerable, I'm like, OMG, my life you know mm-hmm. but if you know, mm-hmm. on a good day I'm like cool social media double tap love you congrats um so that's been another thing is just to like don't look at my phone for a day yeah. no one's calling me if it's an emergency mm-hmm. like I'll answer but it yeah. really <laughs> never happens what about you Jesse?
0: yeah one thing that has worked for me has been learning to ask for help um mm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, earlier in the episode, we talked about learning to kind of set some of those boundaries. So that, that's an ongoing process, but asking for help has come up really big for me in the past few months. And not even, not just like asking for, to talk to someone about something I'm struggling with, but truly like asking for help with tasks sometimes Mm. it's like Mm -hmm. huge. And I'm I think that's maybe a little more normalized in the context of a new baby. But yeah. I, you know, if a friend called me at any point and was like, I'm struggling right now, can yeah. you come help me with my laundry? I'd be like, yeah, yeah, of course. Want me to pick up some brownies on the way? Like, <laughs> what, yeah. what else do you need? You know? And I think just like giving people around you a tangible way to help you Mm. is also an amazing experience for the people who love you because they, especially when they can't take your pain away and they can't fix the actual problem. There's just something so nice about being like, but I can make you dinner or Mm. I can vacuum your floor or I can watch your baby for an hour. Um, And I don't know. So for me, I feel like just learning to start to do that has been so hard. (laughs) Like it's amazing how hard it is to ask someone just to help with simple things, but it's been so good. And I've seen how like quickly people say yes, actually. At one point, I sent a group text to three women and just said, Hey, I'm really having a hard time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Here are three things I could use some help with. Is anyone available in the next week? And they all responded, like all three people who are very busy humans responded within like two minutes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I just remember sitting looking at my phone like, what? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I can't believe believe they're going to do it. And that was one of the first times I really just came out and asked. Um, So that was a really cool experience for me. But something I'm just trying to figure out, like how to incorporate in more contexts of my life, because I've just seen how wonderful it can be for both parties.
1: As you were saying that, like, it it got me thinking that it's so hard for me to let the love in. And I don't know if that's like, kind of what what you were alluding to there. But it's like, yeah, we love the heck out of our friends and family, right? And like you said, Mm -hmm. you know, I would be there in a second if I could. But like, when it comes to us allowing that love in and like allowing us to be loved and held and supported is like feels so icky yeah to be like no I can love you but don't you (laughs) love me back (laughs) don't you support me back you know it's kind of what we're saying yeah but like if we believe that we can give love like why can't we believe that we deserve to be loved back yeah I have like struggled
0: with this it, in this one really is applicable to me in a business context too mm. so, so it's so funny because some of the work that that Ben and I do working on houses is really tangible like there mm. are physical tasks that need to be done and i like watch on these tv shows or i like watch on people's instagrams where they're like their brothers helping out just for fun or their parents mm. show up and like for some reason i feel so bad asking for help with our business. Mm-hmm. And I've really, really, really struggled with that one. And I think that's something I want to challenge myself with moving forward, Is especially as a small business owner. Like this business is so integrated into yeah. our lives. Like it's so, you know, if we're struggling in our regular life, we're probably also floundering a little bit yeah. in our business life. And True. so I don't know, just something I I want to noodle on for myself is like, yeah. I would, I would want to do that for, you know, like, again, same thing. Mm. Like if one of my friends, you know, if you called and said, Hey, will you help me with this thing for my business? I would so want yeah. to support you and like yeah. help you get something off the ground or help you mm. push something forward. So I don't know, just something that's not a fully formed thought, but something I want to challenge myself with at some point here.
1: <laughs> I was, um, recently, you know, I've been putting on these community workshops where I live and I was talking to a local business owner about just doing this. And then, you know, like I wanted to ask if she would put a flyer in her window and like Mm. stumbled on those words.
0: Like, it's such
1: an easy ask, right? Like, would you be willing to help me out? And Mm -hmm. I eventually I got there, but I was just like, Oh no, like, that's so dumb. Like, why would she, like I can handle it. And Yeah, just Mm -hmm. all those things about getting that help. But like the answer was like, heck yes, of course. Like what else can I do? You know?
0: Mm -hmm. And in the
1: mental health context, just applying that to like people do want to help. People do care. Yeah, totally. We have to be willing to receive that too. Jesse, shall we roll into our weekly wins? Let's do it. All right. Well, this is a segment where we lift each other up and we celebrate our wins big and small, no matter, no matter the size, um, we celebrate all of this on our journey. So Jesse share with us, please. What have you been (laughs) celebrating this week?
0: Yeah. So the win I wanted to share, I'm going to change on the fly, actually, given this Mm -hmm. conversation. Um, Yeah. Um, so this one's going to be a little bit more of a personal win, but bleeds into business. Um, So a resource that we'll drop in the show notes, my husband and I um, were introduced to something called the Fair Play Deck. Um, And Mel, I've told you about this recently. I've been like telling anybody who will listen because it's so cool. Um, And it is literally a deck of cards with – and on each card is a household duty that has to take place to effectively run a household. Um, and the activity is for you and, and a partner to go through and like take out any that don't apply to your life and figure out how to allocate the deck likely much more evenly than it currently is. Um, and so this is something we've been working through. It's a lot of conversations and it's kind of a long process. Like I don't really think you can do this in a sitting because it's a big, there's a lot of cards in a deck of your life. <laughs> But we something we've been facing with that too is that our there aren't cards in that deck for our business. Um, and so we're in the process of creating some additional cards because it is our business is also just the two of us. Um, so while it's not our household, it is. Um, so I don't know, that's been, it's kind of a win in progress, but it's been something I've been really excited about lately. And I just feel like it's given both of us so much language to address some, I think common disparities in household of mental load and mental labor um, and just to recognize like what the other person's doing and make things flow a little more effectively. So there's some really hard work currently going into that, but I think it is exciting and it's a resource I want to share. and an applicable win to an episode on mental health. <laughs>
1: That's awesome. Thank you for sharing. And I'm going to do a plot twist as well. And I'm going (laughs) to change mine up and share something that has like been hard for me. But anyway, Um, so I think at some point I mentioned in the the episode that like having that internal struggle of like being a mum but wanting to do other things, like at what point do you kind of give in to one of them? Mm -hmm. And anyway, I've just been like going all in on being a mom, like in the past week and just being like really present with Val. And that is like such a no brainer, right? You think like, yes, you're a mom, like you should always do that, but not, not been the case. Like a lot of the time I'm like, oh, I should be doing this. I should be doing that. But this week I've just given myself permission to like go all in and just be present with him and just love on him and make him giggle and read to him. Um, and tune the rest out and that's yeah. been a challenge but I think this week I finally got to the point where I'm like no I can be present in that moment with him mm-hmm. and the rest will wait until I'm ready yeah. to come back to it yes. and that has been a big big win big mental health win big love win
0: yes congratulations week. that's a being present period is so hard in our current world, you know, there's like so many things screaming at you and your phone's dinging with 8 million app notifications and texts and phone calls and Instagram DMs and like, yeah. So whether it's, you know, with a kid or another person or a test, like just being present is so
1: hard. So congratulations. Thank you. Thanks. Well, we Love this weekly segment sharing our wins. So if you're listening to this and you you're like, I want in, I want my win to be read <laughs> on the pod. Send us send us it because we love sharing listener wins and we will read that out. So if you have us on social, just hit us up on Instagram or Facebook in the Facebook group. We love hearing from you and um, we definitely want to celebrate and raise you up and support your dreams as well. So with that, I think we can wrap it up. Thanks everyone for joining us on a really important discussion about what it means to prioritize your self-care and maybe the signs to recognize and a couple little techniques and tactics that we've used personally um, to show what have worked for us. And, you know, we've also shared like a really vulnerable behind the scenes on what it means to take care of our mental health and even shared a couple things that we're going through at the moment in real time. So We really hope this has helped you and there is always help available. Thank you for joining us. And until next time, keep chasing your dreams unapologetically. Thank you so much for listening to the Full-Time Freedom Podcast. We're so glad you're here with us. We publish this podcast for free so that you can live your freedom life. If you want to support the show, leave us a review.
0: And make sure to share this episode with a friend. It means the world to us and helps us support even more people.
1: Until next time, keep living your life bigger, better, bolder.